Welcome to Within Your Ken. I'm your host, Ken Weinberg. Today's show is the second in a series of four podcasts on the subject of project planning. Last week, we saw what goes into the project definition. Many things need to be thought through before even getting to figure out the tasks, the estimates, the schedule, and so on. This week, I'll explain how to create the work breakdown structure. Put on your project manager hat and strap in. This is going to get very interesting. At a 10,000 foot view of a project, you have your approach. You'll likely have a set of project phases that are based on your approach. Each phase should end with an accomplishment, often called a deliverable, something tangible that you can show the stakeholders. This deliverable may be required to get paid or to get approval to continue working on the project. If there have been problems during the phase, it may be an opportunity to rethink the approach, but that's getting way ahead of ourselves. It's very common to base a project's plan on similar projects you have done before or on industry best practices. For example, in a project where you are to create a user manual, your phases would likely be research, design, develop, review, and publish. And the tasks of developing the content for the manual usually require a series of drafting and reviewing tasks followed by a management sign-off. Here's another type of project, constructing a house. I won't go over all the phases in a project like this, but one of the phases would be installation of the exterior finishes. Based on training, experience, and best practices, you know that installation of exterior finishes can only begin when framing is done and the doors and windows are installed. Then you perform installations of siding, exterior trim, brick arch forms, and finally brick veneer in that order. When the brick veneer task is signed off, the exterior finishes phase is complete and you can move on to the exterior landscaping phase. Developing a project plan doesn't mean that you have to know everything about how to do what needs to be done. If the work is going to be done by specialists, then have specialists help create the task list. As I'm sure you can imagine, some projects are quite enormous, but through the process of decomposing objectives into approaches, approaches into phases, phases into tasks, and tasks into smaller, more detailed tasks, you have a mechanism to manage any project size or complexity. A completed work breakdown structure contains all the tasks that need to be done. Each task is defined, estimated, assigned to someone, and scheduled. It enables identification of all necessary work for the project 
and only the necessary work. It also reduces the number of items that slip through the cracks as well as, oh, I didn't think of that, moments. This means that you'll have increased clarity about what is happening during the project, which allows you to identify the risk factors early. When people see that the work of the project is structured, definable, and doable, their confidence level in the project increases. It is what the budget and the schedule is based upon. So spend some time on the work breakdown structure. Before we tackle how much time to devote to each task, let's just treat each task as a work package that needs to be done by someone, and we'll cover developing estimates in the next topic of this podcast. To start the work decomposition process, think about the following. What are the major deliverables? What is the project approach which will help identify the project phases? Think through the entire project until you reach the end result. At each point, decompose the component into subcomponents. Use questions like, how exactly will the deliverables be produced? What processes will be used? And remember, if you're not experienced at doing the tasks, get the details from someone who is. Also think about keep decomposing the component until you can ensure that the quality will be acceptable and that you can accurately estimate the costs and duration. Because phases are decomposed into tasks, which in turn are decomposed into subtasks multiple times, the end result is a hierarchical structure appropriately named the work breakdown structure. A question I get asked often is, how do you know if you have enough detail? And a similar question I get asked is, when is there too much detail? Because each task needs to be documented and the progress tracked, a project's task detail level shouldn't be so great that the cost of reporting and tracking is out of proportion to the cost of the task. For example, if you're spending half an hour tracking a task that takes 15 minutes, you may have too much detail in your work breakdown structure. A common rule of thumb is that a task should be between 8 hours and 80 hours. I asked Sarah Ram Kassoon, Senior Project Manager, what detail level she uses for tasks on the large projects that she manages. I like to go down to a place where the activity or the level of work that we have is not more than 8 hours in duration for that task. Very rarely do I go down to less. I do go down to less if there is a case where there are very intricate dependencies or handoffs that are required. So one area where, for instance, we I do insist on a, on a more detailed is in release management. For us, 
environment management and release management is often a very detailed coordination between multiple groups because we share environments. So any tasks and activities related to that, I tend to ask individuals even to go down to a level of two hours or four hours if we need to, just because of the intricate handoffs. Generally, however, at a task level, particularly in a large project, because I tend to work on large projects, eight hours. If I was running a project that was under four weeks in duration, I might choose to go down to four hours just because of the nature of, the, again, the dependencies and the short duration. So we had a look from on high and we know why we need a work breakdown structure and we looked at the steps we should take when we're creating tasks. Finally, we looked at a guideline for how far down the decomposition should go. It's now time to start defining our tasks. The first thing we need is the task name. The structured list of tasks is the first thing you need. Each item on the list needs a name. That may seem obvious, but you'll save yourself some grief by choosing good names for your tasks. A good task name is unambiguous. It should be clear enough so you wouldn't confuse it with other tasks, and it should be descriptive. You want to know what is being done, so a noun and a verb are required. More information can be contained in a task dictionary, so the name doesn't have to describe say the quality level or the technique used or even the end state. The vast majority of tasks will require the performance of labor, so you'll need an estimate of the time it will take to complete the task. Your estimates will be in units of person hours or person days, the amount of uninterrupted time it would take one person to perform the task from beginning to end. We'll cover estimating in the next module in this series, but for now you need to know that you require an estimate of the task's effort. The next two elements of a task are what resources are needed and the cost of those resources. For labor-based tasks, you'll need to know the wage of the person performing the task. This person is called the task's resource, and the task's cost is simply the product of the task's effort multiplied by the wage of the resource. For example, a 10-hour task performed by a resource earning $20 an hour will cost $200. Some resources, like equipment, are rented, and some, like materials, are consumed. A task's cost is the sum of all resources used on the task. When you define a task, you need to determine all required resources so you can calculate all the costs. The last task element we'll cover in this module are the task's dependencies. You'll recall how we developed the list of tasks using the work breakdown structure. Every one of those tasks needs to be performed, but they likely don't have to be performed one after the other. 
and neither do you want to perform the project that way. Can you imagine how long it would take to build a house if only one task was being performed at a time? If you are building a house, you could be painting one room while the other room is getting drywall, right? Or another project could have a series of phases and use a resource for part of each phase. If you run the phases so that one must finish before the next begins, your resource will be working off and on throughout the project. It's more efficient to have the resources working consistently. And the way you do that is to study the tasks and determine what must finish before they can start. The finish to start relationship between tasks is one type of task dependency. The more tasks that can be performed simultaneously, the sooner your project will be completed. This brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Please return next week as we take an up-close look at estimating. Until then, keep planning. Brought to you by Arethusa's Garden. Stunning jewelry and beautiful gifts and crafts from the organic garden. Visit www.arethusasgarden.com.